0: If you can provide a girl in a developing country with just a few years of education, you can break the cycle of poverty in a way that reverberates throughout a community. That's the idea that inspires Girl Rising, a new film by director Richard Robbins that tells the stories of nine such girls throughout the world, each facing unique challenges and each story told in a unique way. We wanted to bear down on one story in particular, a girl named Suma who lives in Nepal. Suma grew up as a type of bonded servant called a kamlari. But when you see how the kamlaris are treated, it's hard not to think of another word. That word would be slave. Manju Shri Tapa is a Nepalese writer who worked with Suma to tell her story. Manju, thanks for joining us. Um, before we get into Suma's story, tell me about the tradition of kamlaris in Nepal. What's the scale of the problem?
1: The history of the Paru people, which is um, the community that Suma comes from, is inextricably linked up with slavery in some way because in the forming of Nepal as a nation-state, they got classified as a slavable group of people. And so people from outside of their community and also people within their community, those who are richer, um, have had a tradition of enslaving both the adults and the children. Now, there's been a movement, several waves of movements, I would say, to end this. The last big one was um, in 2000 when the adults were declared emancipated Mm. by the Nepal government. But even after that, the enslavement of the children persisted. And so Suma is from a family where the parents went through that experience, the grandparents have been through that experience, and her siblings have all
0: gone through that experience. There's a scene uh, in Girl Rising that's both heartbreaking and inspiring. Uh, Suma talks about how she wrote songs to get through the horror and I'd like our listeners to hear an excerpt from that.
1: They made me sleep in the goat shed and wear rags and eat scraps from their dirty plates. I can't really talk about everything that happened to me here, but I will never forget. This is where I began to write songs. Only the songs got me through. <laughs>
0: And Suma here is singing, Thoughtless were my mother and father, they gave birth to a daughter. My brothers go to school to study, while I, unfortunate slave, at my master's house. It's a hard life being beaten every day. Manju, I gotta say, uh, the, the music sounds like a distant cousin of the blues. Was singing and writing songs a turning point for Suma?
1: She said that she has been singing, and it's something that just comes to her naturally. From the first time she was enslaved, she was six years old. She worked at the house of three separate masters, and she was always being told to shut up because she was always singing through her chores. And that singing really sort of gave her a kind of a softness in her life that she didn't have otherwise.
0: Well, as we uh, mentioned earlier, "Girl Rising" really kind of talks about the benefits of even what a few years of education can do for for girls and young women, and that's kind of the remarkable part of Suma's story. How did things change for her in the end?
1: She eventually met a school teacher who was a lodger in one of her master's houses, and that school teacher pressured the masters to put her in a night class, and she learned how to read and write. And then he enrolled her directly into grade three. And then she took it from there, and by the time she was freed, she was 12 and in grade five. She is the last one in her family who will go through this experience, so she's in a very unique position.
0: So you're saying that there is kind of a a timeline here where after, say, today, children won't be enslaved anymore in this way?
1: There's a very active movement going on right now in the part of Nepal where the Kamlari practice is still going on to end this practice. So Suma and other women who have been Kamlaris before her are leading this movement and they actually go house to house. You know, it's small villages, so everyone knows how many children live in which house and how many girls there are. And they trace the girls and find out where are they? Are they in school? Are they Working for a landlord, and if they're working for a landlord, they actually go to the landlord's house and conduct what they call ambushes. We have come to this house, the house of her master, to say, We know you have a Kamlari working for you. You must set her free. And when you see them, you know, they're, they're very slight, young women and from one of the most disempowered communities in Nepal. And they have the strength within them to face down landlords. And in many cases, they were telling me, when the landlords don't cooperate, they actually come back a second time with even more girls. They'll take it to the village elders if they have to. And if that doesn't work, they even go to the police. And Suma's done this, too. And one of the young women said to me, you know, even the police listen to us because the law's on our side. So they're full of conviction and really confident about themselves while they do this.
0: Well, Manjushri Tapa, I appreciate greatly you're telling us about Suma and what she's been through. Thanks.
1: It's my pleasure, Marco.